0: Thanks for joining us. The following is a presentation of Ignite Global Ministries and features the teaching of Pastor Ben Dixon. Pastor Ben has a vision of strengthening the church to impact the world. He serves as lead pastor at Northwest Foursquare Church in Federal Way, Washington. Today, we have a message that I want to share with you. A church that restores. We don't reach only, but we restore and we equip as a family. Will you pray with me, family? Lord, we pray that today that you would speak this word into our hearts and to our lives. We pray that as we talk about restoring, that we would remember and embrace that which you are doing in each of us individually. But also beyond that, Lord, that you would equip us to be a people that restores people to yourself. We ask for your grace, your blessing on this message. We ask that you would write it in our hearts and that you would bind us together as a family. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So as we're looking at a church that restores, I want to give you the dictionary definition of what restore is. The word in the dictionary says that restore is to put or to bring into existence or use. It continues on to say to bring back or to put back to its former or original state that is restoration. And the inference of the Bible goes beyond that. So let me share with you the biblical definition of how we interpret the ministry of restoration through the word. The biblical meaning of the word restoration is to receive back more than has been lost to the point where the final state is greater than the original condition. The final state is greater than the original condition. The Lord is the one that brings everything back into alignment, and he is working right now not only to bring the political scene and the world under the kingdom of God in his control, but he is going beyond that, and he is bringing people back into the alignment for the purpose that he has created them to be. The word says, family, that we are created in the image of God. And the Lord is restoring that image and removing that brokenness. And I think that the word restoration here goes beyond the point of simply bringing us back to that which God has originally planned. But it is the revelation that goes forth in each of our hearts as we understand what restoration is really all about. It's not just being repaired or being made whole, but it is the more whole transformation of our hearts and life where we begin to understand and embrace all that God has planned for us. Because the plans that the Lord has for each of you and I exceed beyond all expectation of what we think or we can ask or think. God has something far greater than each of us than we even know that. And it's the ability as we walk in biblical restoration to be able to perceive that, to embrace that, and to walk in that. That is what God is calling us to do. The main point is that someone or something is improved beyond measure. And family, I don't know what you think and you perceive in your life, but I know what Jesus has done in this life. How he's taken roadkill and made something that is a tool in his hand that loves him deeply. Our God is a God of transformation. Our God is a God of restoration. And we are a family that embraces restoration, receiving it for ourselves and ministering it to other people. The biblical emphasis on restoration. The dictionary means to return something back to its original condition. The biblical definition has a far greater meaning in that, that it goes beyond the typical everyday usage. God blesses his people by making them far more than they have been before. He makes up for that which they have lost and giving them more than they previously had. The word says that he is a God that overflows us with blessing. Have you experienced that? Oh, we have. And family, the expectation in our heart as we're in this season, as we're walking together as a church in the ministry that Jesus has given us, as we're reaching up to God, we need that expectation in our heart that God is a God that restores and pours out His blessing on His people. The Word says that when darkness increases, grace superabounds. The word says that if God be for us, who can be against us? And the answer, family, is no one can be against us because great is our God. He is a God that restores. And the expectation in our heart as a family is not that just God heals, but he restores and he pours out his grace on our lives. There needs to be that for us individually that he will never forsake us, but then there also needs to be that aspect that through us as a family that God restores. As we look at our community and the world around us, God restores and does way beyond what we can ask or think. Let's look at the scripture together. As we look at the scripture, we look at the ministry of Jesus, and as we're looking at his ministry, we find out that that is the very heart, the very mission, the very reason that Jesus came was to restore. Will you turn with me to Luke chapter 4? We're going to look at verses 16 to 21. Again, that's Luke chapter 4, verses 16 to 21. And as I begin, I'm jumping in the middle of the verse So the word says that he, referring to Jesus, entered the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And he opened the book, and he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captive and recovery to the sight of the blind, to set free those who are oppressed and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. Actually, he closed the scroll. And he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. And the word says that all the eyes of the synagogue were fixed upon him. (laughs) It's a prophetic moment of revelation. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. There is a great proclamation that he is making in that statement as that he is declaring his messianic kingdom and he has come to accomplish the works that the Isaiah scroll was mentioning. So what was Jesus saying? First he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's proclaiming that he is the promise, the anointed Messiah that was to come, that the Messiah has come and they are looking at him. He is proclaiming that he is the fulfillment of the prophetic promise of being the prophet, the king, and the priest. Do you see that? Hallelujah is exactly right. The king has come, amen? He was also preaching the gospel to the poor. And as we use the word gospel, the word gospel simply means good news. He was proclaiming the good news to those who were poor. They were poor and destitute. They had need, but they were also poor in spirit. They were humble, they were broken, and they were needy. And it's to the broken people of the world that Jesus comes and proclaims freedom. And he proclaims the good news that the Messiah has come, the kingdom of God has come, and that he has come to break those things off of their life. All of us are poor, are we not? Poor in spirit, we need the Lord. We were created for the Lord to be involved in our life. And there is an aspect of restoration that's being proclaimed through this passage. He also said that he was proclaiming release to the captives. And the word release here is referring to a historical event that happened. The children of Israel in the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judea, were exiled in 586 by the Babylonians and they were taken away in captivity. They were prisoners of war. They were removed from the promised land of God and ultimately the promises of God, the worship of God. And so through this proclamation, it's the captives were exiles that were dragged away by conquerors. And what he's saying that those that have been captivated by sin, those that have been oppressed and by brokenness and demonic possession or oppression, that in that, that he has come to break those things and to set those people free. And aren't you glad? Family, what were you set free from? I can tell you there was so much that I was set free from. We've heard from our pastor what Jesus set him free from. Our God breaks captivity. And Jesus was proclaiming that. He also said that he was releasing Recovery to the sight of the blind. That was more than physical, but we saw Jesus heal the blind, did we not? And we know that that ministry is still here today. We pro- can proclaim as we go overseas, we watch people come in, falling all over the chairs, and walking out, swinging their cane, and celebrating the goodness of Jesus. But blindness here was for those that were in the darkness of prison, the prison of captivity. It was a spiritual blindness. And Jesus came that those who don't see may see. He is a God of revelation. And part of restoration is revelation as we understand the goodness of the Lord and our hearts are opened up to receive the word. I remember before I was a Christian, I used to celebrate life on Steel Beach. That's the back of a ship. And then the movie Jonah 3 would start going through my mind. And I would run downstairs and I would hide in my little bunk, you know. And uh, I was like, it was hard to sleep, so I had this little thing called a Bible. And I'd open it up and I'd read about two pages and I'd be fast asleep. I didn't understand a word of it. I used to open it up in the middle and look like, oh, a job, the book of Job. Maybe I'll get a job, you know, <laughs> besides the Navy. But there was something that happened the day that I received Jesus. That there was an understanding of who God was and an understanding of a word that I've never seen before. You see, our God is a God that removes blindness and opens our eyes and opens our hearts to understand spiritual truth, not only who he is, but who we are in him. The word says that he came to set the oppressed free. The word oppressed here is that of you take a wild animal and you put them in the midst of a grain field and the animal is thrashing and crashing around and it literally crushes the grain and breaks it into pieces. And the Lord is talking here using that as an example about how he comes and he sets broken people free. He is a God that restores heals brokenness and removes the effect of that brokenness so it no longer has a contingent peace on each of our lives. And then finally, Jesus was proclaiming the favorable year of the Lord. And the favorable year of the Lord really is, in essence, he was proclaiming the Messianic age, declaring that the kingdom of God had come in person in him. But beyond that, he was declaring what the Jewish people understood to be the year of Jubilee. And see, the year of Jubilee was a year where debts were canceled. Wouldn't you love that, you know? 50th year, call MasterCard up. So sorry, bubba. The bill is paid call up those that got the mortgage on your car or the mortgage on your house and say, so sorry, the bill is paid. It's been forgiven. All debts were canceled in the land of Israel because of the goodness of the living God. Slaves and prisoners were freed and property was restored. And you see, Jesus is talking about the work of restoration, how restoration breaks debt, the debt of sin, how restoration breaks the bondage of sin and brokenness in the past in each of our lives, and how restoration restores relationship with people and with the community and who God has called us to be. Jesus is proclaiming in this text that he is the one that restores all things through him. Amen. Isn't the Lord good? Let's give him praise, man. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. I have an additional scripture for you, and the additional scripture we purposely bought into this because restoration is not simply something that Jesus does, but restoration is also something that Jesus does in and through his people, the Church of Jesus Christ In our church, will you turn with me to Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, please? Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. And the scripture says, Brethren, (laughs) Apostle Paul talking to the church, even if a man is caught in trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each looking to yourself so that you will not be tempted. So again, the ministry of the church that's being called to is a ministry of restoration. And what's being talked about here is someone that was caught in sin or entrapped in sin. You're swimming along in the ocean and all of a sudden a net encompasses you that you didn't see, you're trapped and you can't get out. What it's talking about is sin suddenly, unknowingly came upon you. You didn't see it coming. You don't know how it happened. You don't even know you were trapped in it. But then when it's exposed, instead of condemning, instead of speaking against and judging, we who are spiritual, we who walk by the Holy Spirit, we who are filled by the Holy Spirit and have that same ministry of restoration that we come along gently, lovingly, and set the person free from the sin that has entrapped them. One of the scripture verses that's felt pen in my Bible is confess your sins one to another and pray for each other that you may be healed. Oh, I hate that verse. Why is it in the Word? <laughs> I just want to confess to God. I don't want you to know my dirty laundry. But as we minister to each other, we have the ability to restore and break the bonds of sin. And yet we do it with the spirit of gentleness, looking to ourselves, because we could be trapped by that same sin. Amen? Yeah. And this verse concludes, bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. You see, we're bound together as a family. We walk out this life together in love, restoring people and bringing each other to wholeness. There is no judgment. The judgment's on the cross, family. And the judgment needs to focus in on that. You see, we're people that bring the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God restores people in relationship with Jesus. And the kingdom of God restores relationship with each other. And the kingdom of God restores us spiritually to the one who loves us and died for us. So as we focus on restoration, Jesus' ministry of restoration, he preached the good news giving people a future and a hope. You see, there was one day that this guy was living in a drug house, you know, and I was smoking a big cigar, and some people knocked on my door, and they said, hey, let's go to a rock and roll concert, and I was like trapped. They were all bigger than I was, and they took me to this place that was called the Calvary Chapel. They saw me come in, they turned the heat up to 95 degrees. (laughs) I was sitting in a seat, mesmerized by rock and roll that sung about Jesus. And then somebody got up and preached the good news. I found myself standing in the front. You see, the good news, as you and I share the good news, as you and I share the mercy and the love of God, as you and I share that Jesus died on the cross, was buried for our sin, bore our punishment on the sin, of our sin on the cross, and was raised from the dead. That is the good news. There is victory. There is forgiveness. There is deliverance. There is love. There is life that is given to us. And in that, we see that there is a God that breaks through. Jesus proclaimed the good news and gave people a future and a hope. We live in a temporary world, but God has promised eternity to us. And that eternity is you and I have a spiritual body that walks through the temporary walls of this world. You see, that's a future and a hope. Life is not done. And the hope in this world, we have a God that is miraculous, that intervenes, that breaks strongholds. And as we join ourselves together in restoration, as we reach up to God, He breaks strongholds and He brings life. God is a God of hope and Jesus preached hope in the good news. Amen? Amen. We receive that in the name of Jesus. He also forgave sin and broke its power and control over people. The new creation, sin has no dominance over our life. He brought hope to the hopeless and released healing and deliverance and blessing. Amen, amen. And he released people to be who God had created them to be. He released their God-given purpose to know him. To love Him, to worship Him, and to serve Him. You know, the greatest thing that I can give back to Jesus is my very life. The Word says to present ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to Him, which is our spiritual worship. There is nothing I can give this great God, but I can give Him my heart and I can give Him my life. And can I tell you something? I live to serve Him. It's nothing about titles. It's nothing about position. But there is something about seeing Jesus move through our lives and change the lives of other people that cannot be denied. It cannot be. There is no gift in the world that can compare to that because he is a God that is awesome to the pulling down of strongholds. We serve the King of kings and we serve the Lord of lords. He is so awesome. What a privilege to step into the God-given privileges that he's given us. So Jesus had the ministry of reconciliation. We have experienced that, and we experience that through our lives. We also share in Jesus' ministry of restoration. As Jesus said, the works I do, you will do, and greater works than these you will do. We, as we are combined together as a family, can outwork Jesus because we are a multitude that can do the same thing he did and see the very essence of society around us change. Too often we're looking for government to change things. And the world is waiting for the church of Jesus Christ to arise and to use the authority that he's given us. And as we use that authority, we see strongholds broken, we see powers changed, and we see lives drawn to the Savior that loved us. Amen? Amen. We share in Jesus' ministry of restoration as he commanded us through the Great Commission to heal the sick to cast out demons, to make disciples, to baptize them in water, to baptize them with the Holy Spirit as he does so, and to teach them to observe all that he commanded. You see, we share in the ministry of restoration with Jesus. And our ministry of restoration at Northwest Church is to restore people into relationship with our God. Amen. Evangelism. Healing and life does not happen until the heart is changed. Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27 says that he will remove the heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh, and that he will write his law in our heart. We don't have the Bible as a a rule book. We have the Bible as a word book. It's a spiritual book, a book of life that is written into our hearts. We are a church that restores people to God. Our mission is also to restore people in relationship with others. The biggest thing that can block you and I from growing in Jesus is unforgiveness. And we have the ability to bring forgiveness into people's lives. When I became a Christian, I moved in with this couple and they were like tanks. And one day they said, we've never heard you talk about your parents. And I said, let me tell you something, you never will. And he goes, well, let me give you a little Bible verse. You may honor your father and mother that it may be well with you. Oh, my goodness, that tripped me out, man. Things came out of my mouth that never should have been said. I found myself running for the hills. I don't even know where I went, but I drove for hours. I found myself on this mountaintop screaming, no! And then saying, yes, Jesus, I can't do it. Do it in me and do it through me. And as he did that, it transformed the very essence of my life. My relationship with Jesus grew drastically that day. And family, I'm just here to plead with you in the presence of the Lord. There are people here that you're just bound with bitterness, bound with unforgiveness. Forgiveness doesn't mean what was right, what was done to you is right. Forgiveness is simply a release of debt, and the only reason that we do that is because we have been forgiven and we have a lot of debt that's been given and nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ. But it's a key for us. We are a church that helps people to release forgiveness and to receive forgiveness. The word says that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, condemnation is broken and if you're struggling with that you need to allow us to minister to you as well. Third Northwest Church is our ministry of rest restoration is to restore people physically, emotionally, mentally and spiritually. We're a church that restores in every area of life. And it is to move people forward in their relationship with Jesus. Family, we're having Jesus. Experiencing Jesus is not enough. It's an ongoing lifestyle. The word says that we're being changed from glory to glory into the likeness of the Lord. We never outgrow the word. We never outgrow ministry. We never outgrow transformation as God continues to restore us to complete wholeness to in the point that we become like Him. So Jesus had the ministry of restoration. We share as Christians in the ministry of restoration. And we as a church at Northwest Church is a church that restores. Amen? Let me give you a couple of examples of the work of restoration. Years ago, I was a night stalker. (laughs) I worked in a commissary store. And I was the guy that did all the heavy stuff and uh, worked in Tin Can Alley and all the heavy stuff. But I used to minister to the people. I was the only Christian on staff. And they all had a great time. I was the Pope. I was different things, you know. They'd call me whatever. But there was something. We had this warehouse that had all the food and stuff. And that was always the place that I was pulling my supplies that they would find me. They wanted to make sure nobody else was around. And there was one young man that I really ministered to, just a lot of brokenness in his life. And uh, he was dating a married woman. And I'm like, dude, no, 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 no. This is what Jesus says. And he's like, just stay out of it, preacher. Just pray for me, you know. Well, he stayed in relationship with this woman to the point that she convinced him to kill her husband. And he killed her husband. And he was arrested. And she threw all the blame on him. And he ended up in jail, waiting trial. And I went regularly and ministered to him to the point that I led him to the Lord. He accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And then every week we'd have the Bible open and I would be mentoring him in the Word, just showing him who he was. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. He began to embrace Jesus. He asked Jesus to forgive his sin and he put his sin before the Lord. And that young man, he, was, he went to court and he just said, guilty, I've done it. There's no need for a trial. And they put him on death row. I don't think he ever got killed just because of what Jesus was doing, the favor of the Lord. But he was transformed to become a minister in prison. And he worked with the chaplains. And he led many people to freedom in Jesus and many people to salvation in Jesus. That's the ministry of reconciliation. If God can restore a murderer, how much more can he restore you and I? There was a young woman that was in our church down in Arizona. And uh, she was very broken. She suffered a lot of abuse as a child. And then she had stepped into various relationships and then she was abused and just a victim in those relationships. And she came to us filled with brokenness, filled with guilt, filled with grief, filled with anger and bitterness. And we led that woman to the Lord. She got saved. And again in time we got her filled with the Holy Spirit. And as we got her filled with the Holy Spirit, we began to mentor her and disciple her. We put her in mentoring groups. We put her in what we called discipleship groups. And we had these discipleship groups. And she began to really grow and understand who she was in the Lord. And then she went through training to minister to other people. And she married a preacher. And she's a pastor's wife with a family with a healthy ministry. God Restores from brokenness. There's a young man that actually goes to this church. And I told him I was throwing him under the bus. It's a term of love. Um, For years I watched this young man. I watched him get married. And I watched him destroy his family with drugs. And he just would continue. He'd come out. and It was just a habitual cycle. And he just continued the pattern on and on for over 10 years. And then I've watched him the last two years repent of his sin, begin to be restored, get into mentoring, get into discipleship, get into healing, get into accountable relationships. And he is growing in Jesus and Jesus is healing his mind, his body, but also he's healing his relationships and slowly healing his family as well. And the thing there is his very outlook of life is being changed because our God Is a God that restores. And then I can tell you of one, the Apostle Paul says that he was one that was untimely born. I grew up with these gross tattoos on myself that said, Rebel, Rebel, Rebel. And if you'd walk on the left side of the street, I'd walk on the right side of the street. In your face, I'll do it my way. I was born a twin. I never wanted to be a twin. (laughs) There was one that was completely crazy and one that was the other, and you can guess which one I was. (laughs) Something really bad happened in the womb, uh, and Scott came out through that process. And I lived to hate people. I lived on drugs. I was taking things such as PCP, cannabinol, acid, LSD, to the point where I destroyed my mind. I was working in the gas station and two plus four, man, that's a difficult one. I used stick figures to come up with it and count it out. It was that bad. And then I met Jesus. Then I met Jesus' family. And I met a a church family. They didn't judge me or try to change me and make me into their image, but they embraced me for who I was. And they allowed Jesus to do the changing work. What they did was they prayed for me. What they did was they discipled me. What they did was they taught me the word of God. What they did was they brought me along in service to others. I'm like, I am no use to anybody. And they're like, oh, no, you're coming along, man. I had for years the great ministry that's in the back of the Bible called the ministry of tables and chairs. (laughs) I also found myself doing my favorite washing dishes, you know. But it transformed my life, the love, the acceptance, the forgiveness, the hope, the vision that other people had for me. And it was through that process that God restored. You see, family, we're here to declare that God takes broken things and brings them back to wholeness, but beyond wholeness, beyond what they can comprehend, because our God super abundantly pours out his blessing on his people. God is a God that restores family. You see, the natural response, the key here is the natural response by being, people being healed by Jesus is a passion to love, to serve him, and to touch other people with the same grace. Remember Peter's mother-in-law? There's only one verse that's put in there. But Jesus touched her. He healed her. And she stood up And she served him. In family, the Lord is calling us to be a church that restores. Because the very nature of our Lord is a God that restores. So as we are a people that restores in our pastoral care department, what we do is we offer through the congregational care team, we call that the CCT team, we offer spiritual care for those who are going through difficult times. All you have to do is call us and we'll set that up. It's somebody that walks through you with you in a time of difficulty for a season. We offer personal ministry to shut-ins. We offer hospital visitations. And we're launching a phone ministry just to encourage you, just to call you and just say, how are you doing? How is life? Do you have a need? How can we pray for you? We also offer care groups and healing classes, marriage and family classes and mentoring. Restorative classes such as divorce care, grief share, relationship healing. We offer specialty classes for people that have suffered abuse or people that have addictive behaviors in several areas. We also offer pastoral care and benevolence. Family, we are here for you, and the crystal ball is not permitted. So we don't know if you have a need, but if you contact us, we want to serve you and help you in that need. We are always here for you. And family, we also offer personal prayer and healing for prayer, healing, and deliverance. And the healing prayer is available at our Ignite service. It's available after every service that we do. And it's available in the office and by appointment. Again, we are here for you. As a church that restores, we also have serving opportunities. We can't do this alone. There's too much need. And we want to invite you in to serve with us. We need people to work in our marriage and our family. We need leaders and teachers and mentors. We can use you. We also need people to train for the CCT team to give spiritual care to other people for long-term shut-ins, but also for people that just need help. We are a people that use referral. We walk beside you through the process of life. We can train you to do that. We also need prayer ministers and intercessors. Intercessory prayer is key for us as a church. That's why Pastor Ben has us here at the Ignite service. We also need people to teach our healing classes as far as dealing with grief, addictions, and trauma. And finally, we, as a church that restores at Northwest Church, we provide training for pastoral care, ministry, classroom leadership. We provide mentoring, friend, to help people walk out life with someone next to you. And we provide referrals to healing ministries, discipleship tracts and groups. We work together. We refer people on to the next step in Jesus Christ and to professional services. family. We are a church that restores. Embracing restoration in our lives, not staying stuck. Do not stay stuck. But also embracing restoration as we give to other people. The word says, give and it'll be given to you. We are a church that restores. Will you stand with me, please? Jesus, we as a family, we embrace, Lord, reaching up to you and reaching out to others. And as a church we embrace restoration. And Lord we pray that in each of our hearts and our lives that you would complete that work of restoration and that you would break that that would block the work of the spirit within our lives. We also Lord embrace restoring other people. Will you release the ministry of restoration and the ministry of Jesus in and through us corporately, as a family, and individually? We, Lord, want to be a church that restores. Lord, today I pray for those that need restoration that you would minister to them, heal their lives. For those, Lord, that you are calling into the ministry of reconciliation, I pray that you would, they would hear your voice and respond today. Lord, as a church family, will you bless us, Lord? Will you empower us? And Lord, will you give us the ability to see the lost saved and disciples made? We give you praise and glory. And the church of Jesus said, amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about Ignite Global Ministries, please go to our website, igniteglobalministries.org. While there, check out our Immersion Discipleship School and the books Pastor Ben has written.